Welcome to Arise Church, where we exist so that you can experience God. I pray that this message will encourage, inspire, and grow your faith in God. Enjoy the message. Come on, let's put our hands together. We, uh, we, we pay tribute to those who gave their life in service for our country. So one more time, can we just honor those, all those who are following? Well, good morning, church. My name is Kieran Emanuel, and I am the Connection Pastor here at Arise Church. And I'm ready. You, you're not ready yet. You, you need to wake up a little bit. Real quick, tell your face that you're ready. So, now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna continue to experience God this morning. But before we continue, I want to take a moment to celebrate something near and dear to me. Every single year, we have a group of individuals that let's say, finish the race that they need to finish in this season of their life. If you do not know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about our seniors. And so our seniors this year have graduated, and we want to just honor them. They're not all here, but we have some pictures of some right now. We just want to take honor. So can we put our hands together for all the graduates? Yes. So great. So great. How many know high school is tough? all the pimples and all the smelly B.O. and all the things that's going on in your body. High school is tough, but they made it. They made it. So we honor them today. And so tonight, or this morning rather, I am excited to bring a word to you. I, um, I think this will be beneficial. I think it will be helpful. Hopefully you leave here motivated. But most importantly, that you, you see Jesus. And I want to start I love to start with the Bible. Anybody like to start with the Bible? You know, because I never want you to take my word for it. I want you to take his word for it. And so we're going to look at John's Gospel, chapter 20. And what we're, what we're about to pick up in this story is Jesus was just crucified, just hung on a cross for your sins and my sins. He was falsely accused after living a perfect and sinless Life And Jesus now has been dead for three days. Now you can imagine the disciples, the, those who are close to Jesus, who have spent time with Jesus, they're, they're beside themselves. And so we pick up to where Mary is still at the tomb because Mary was first on the scene. She was first on the scene. She saw that the tomb was empty. She ran back to tell the disciples. The disciples came to see that it for themselves, and then he wasn't there. So Mary's still there. We're going to pick up at verse 11, where it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away. She said, I, I don't know where they have put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize 
that it was Jesus. She didn't realize that the person that she was with the whole time, the person that she poured perfume over his feet and wiped it with her hair, this is Mary Magdalene, this is someone who loved Jesus. She didn't recognize that Jesus was there. Verse 15, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. That's so funny. Like, what did Jesus look like for her to think that he was the gardener? Did he have tools in his hand? Was this his long hair? What was it that like made her think that he was the gardener? So she said, she said this, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will go get him. Then Jesus said, Mary. He just uttered her name. And she turned toward him and cried out, teacher, my Lord, it's you. But Jesus said, do not hold on to me now for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead and tell my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father, your father, to my God, your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. And she said this, I have seen the Lord. I don't have this verse on there for y'all. I have seen the Lord. And she told them all that he had said this morning, I want to spend the next 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, whatever the case may be. I want to speak from this subject. When you don't see Jesus, when you don't see Jesus, can we pray one time? Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we ask right now that you would speak to us so that we can see you more. God, we love you. We thank you. And all of God's people said, oh, come on, all of God's people said, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those watching on YouTube, Facebook, and our website right now? Thank you for tuning in. Hey, do me a favor. Just put in the chat where you're watching from. It may be the bathroom. Don't say that, though. But it may be wherever it is. We're just so glad you're tuning in with us this morning. I want to make a confession. You ready? I love coffee. I'm at the right service this morning. We have a lot of coffee. Any coffee? Let me, let me see. Show hand. Come on. If, you, if you're online right now, put in the chat. You love coffee. I love coffee. Ooh, I love coffee, especially me some, me some good coffee. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like that good, good coffee, that Cafe Bustelo. Yeah, come on, somebody. Like it may be Keurig, ooh, but it is my aid. Hello. I love it. I love it. And here's the reason why I love coffee. You ready? I love coffee because it makes me a better Christian. Like, so early in the morning, I spend time with the Lord. He fills my cup, and then I drink my cup. You know what I'm saying? Ah. I'm a better Christian when I drink coffee. I'll never forget this moment. I just left the coffee shop and I'm I'm driving to Walmart to drop off my car to get an oil change. Now look, I pride myself as a patient individual. I think that's why the Lord gave me four girls. The girls are eight, five, two, and nine months. That's also the time they wake up in the morning. And so, 
I get to Walmart, I pull up, I get out the car, and I go inside to let the, tender, the tenant, the, cu- the customer service rep, to let them know that I'm ready to drop my car off. And when I get there, it's just me and another individual. Then start, people start to trickle in. And I'm standing in line, and I'm waiting. I just finished my coffee cup, too, so I know I'm full of, I'm, I'm feeling extra spiritual. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm good, right? And so I, I threw my coffee, I'm just sitting there, I'm waiting. And all of a sudden, I can hear the exchange between the, the customer service rep and the customer. And they're talking, and they're talking, and you know, it's whatever. They're chatting up, they're good. And after 15 minutes, you know, you, you know when you, you start to get antsy, and then you don't know what to do, so you just kind of move around a little bit, and you rub your hands, and you like try to fidget with your phone, try to, try to like get distracted, right? And so I'm like... I'm going, and so what happens after that, the conversation continues for another 15 minutes more. Wow. <laughs> and so I'm like, and so look, I, I'm, again, I'm patient, I'm cool, calm, and collect, I'm full of the fruit of the spirit, you know what I'm saying, I'm good, right? And so here's what's happening. Came a moment where you can feel the old man start to rise up. I know I've been saved and sanctified, but sometimes that old man want to come back. And so it's starting to come up. I'm like, ooh, Lord, stay down, stay down. Ooh, come on. Like, cause you know, you were ratchet before you were saved. You know what I'm talking about? And so look, I, I'm, it's about to come out and it's getting, it's getting there and I'm getting ready. I am, I am getting my righteous indignation statement ready. I am going to cuss you out in Christianese. I am ready. And so as I'm about to point my finger and I'm about to say, you better, someone says, hi, Pastor Kieran. <laughs> you know what I did? I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, my gosh. How long you been standing there? Right? And the whole day went and the exchange happened. I got my old change. It was fine. And I left. And I was just reflecting on that moment. I was like, man, like... How long was that lady standing there? And even better yet, because she was a student or a parent of one of our students, and I was like, why didn't I recognize her? Because literally, folks, she was standing right behind me. Like, she was right there. This was pre-COVID, so you know, she was close. (laughs) Right there. Matter of fact, quick, quick side note, I was, I was standing in line just the other day at a restaurant, and then um, this gentleman walks up like this, right up to me, and then he realized the awkwardness of that moment. So he stood there, he's like, oh, this was 2018, we're in 2022, he backed up. <laughs> and I was asking myself this, I'm like, how come, how come I didn't recognize her? And she was so close. And I found it interesting that there are many believers who don't see Jesus even when he's standing right there. I begin to, like, like, if I'm honest for a moment, there are moments as a pastor, as a Jesus follower, there are moments where I don't see Jesus. I don't recognize Jesus. I'm not aware of his presence and what that happens. As a result, I get frustrated. I become upset, agitated. I feel hopeless. I feel feel no faith. Is is that just me? Maybe it's just me. You guys are super saved. Y'all floating in here. 
you had manna for breakfast. You, you got, it's just me, right? Like, because, because I, I know there, there, there are some people out there that are like, that's me right now. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see Jesus. Some of us are going through the worst financial year of our lives. I don't, I don't see Jesus. I can't even pay rent. Some of our marriages are on the brink, on the brink. I don't see Jesus. Where is he? He wasn't there when I was yelling at my husband. He wasn't there when my son left the home and said he's never going to come back after I've prayed for him for 18 years. I don't see Jesus. Where's Jesus? Now here's, like, I, 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 I get to this text and I, I see Mary Magdalene, again, a woman who had demons cast out of her, a woman who saw the miracles that Jesus made, a woman who has been everywhere during the life, the ministry life of Jesus, and she didn't see him. Many scholars have tried to, try to figure out, okay, why didn't she recognize Jesus? And I don't proclaim to be a scholar here, but I, 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 want, to, I, I want to provide, hopefully, three reasons why I think in moments of despair, in moments of darkness, in moments of agitation, we don't, why we don't recognize Jesus? Because here's the truth, because I, I want us to, to be able to, to kind of get this, get the answer to this problem. What do you do when what you believe and what currently is happening doesn't line up? So I want to give you briefly three, three reasons why. Number one, Jesus is unrecognizable in the dark. Allow me to elaborate. In chapter 20, verse 1, the Bible tells us, it starts, it says, early in the morning. Early in the morning, Mary went out to the tomb while it was still dark. Now, this was common from women during that age. It was common for them to get up early, to do their things, to do their chores, to do all sorts of things. So it wasn't uncommon for her to do that. So she gets up, she goes to the tomb, she's, she's, she's already mourned the amount she's mourned for three days. Granted, she's probably gonna mourn more, but she's, pro- she's already processed all that. Okay, Jesus is dead, I'm just gonna go and flower him and, and make it better, right? She gets to the scene and no Jesus. Remember, it was, it was dark. At my old church, I, I used to live in a parsonage, and I was like literally probably 100, 100 feet, 100 yards rather from the church, and I would go to church often late at night just to either work or get something, whatever the case may be. And I remember this one particular time I went to the church, and I walked in, and it was dark. It was like, like 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, this was before kids. And, um, <laughs> and I get there. I'm walking in, and have you ever walked into a dark building? And then you start to see things? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you start, like, you look at a, you look at a coat hanger, and it looks like Lucifer. You, 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 look, you look like a box on the floor. You see a box, it looks like a lion that's ready to pounce on you. Like, I'm walking there, and I'm, like, freaking out. And then there's that moment where you try to act cool, calm, and collect, right? Ain't nobody there. I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm rushing, I'm rushing. And then what happens is everything that looked like something in the dark 
change when the lights were on. And here's, here's what I want to ask. I want to ask, like, is, is the dark, is the darkness in your life a deception of the reality of Jesus Christ? Let me, let me say it another way. Watch this. Here, write this down. It says, when there is darkness in your life, you ready for that? Darkness in your life is when it tries to cloud out the presence of God in any area of your life. In other words, when you're going through the depression that you're going through, that darkness will cloud the fact that God can provide you peace. In other words, when you're trying to find that next stage in your life, you're trying to find the purpose, but because you're in an area that is mundane, the darkness of that, because the darkness doesn't have to be anything crazy. Sometimes we think it has to be something grand and crazy. No, 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 no. It can, you know what? The darkness could actually still be, it could be you being busy. Sometimes we're so successful, we don't need to see Jesus. Oh, I'm good. God, I got it this far. I'm good. I don't, where you? Okay, you're, you're around. It's cool. I don't, I don't need to see you. Darkness is when something tries to cloud the presence of God in an area of your life. And here's, here's Mary. It's dark. She can't see. It's, it's blinding. And I know there are many of us who have been in moments where you just don't know what to do. You don't know how to process because you can't, you can't see Jesus. And so I, I, I was reading, <laughs> I was reading the Bible, go figure, and uh, there was a proverb that said this, pay attention and turn your ear to the wise. And I, I began to reflect on that because the author is saying, in life, your eyes is not the only way that you see. We just got, we just, we literally just got out of a series about what? Hearing God's voice. One of my favorite messages is when Pastor Brent showed the illustration where there was so much noise, when Jeremiah, Pastor Ken's son, was walking through so much noise, but the father was close enough to say, hey, this way. And I wonder, I wonder if we're, if we're just trying to find something obvious we're trying to find that sign. We're trying to wait for that million dollars to come in the check. We're trying to find that one, we're trying to see that one thing to get us out of our darkness when God is saying, no, just listen. The prophet says, turn your ear. Oh, at the, at the, at the risk of sounding cliche, the Bible tells us we walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says hope is the assurance of things we hope for. It's the confidence of things we, okay, I, I know I don't see it, but I, I'm going to believe what God has said. Amen. That is the light switch in our life. Amen. Sometimes it's just too, it's too dark. It's too thick. I don't know what to do. And so here's, here's Mary. Mary's there. 
and the disciples leave, you, you, go, you go on to the story, and then the Bible says Mary's standing in front of the tomb. And she's crying. The Bible says eyes are full of tears. So here's my second observation. Oftentimes, Jesus is unrecognizable in disappointment. In disappointment. She was crying. She was upset. She's full of tears. And the angel's like, hey, who, who are you looking for? What are you, who, who are you trying to find? Quick question. Have you, have you ever been disappointed by God? Like, like have you? Because, he, like, I want to ask this. Is disappointment, can disappointment be a sort of distraction? Like, could, could because we're disappointed about, and sometimes it's not, it's not the grander thing, it's the little thing. It's, it's sometimes, it's the little thing, the little disappointment that can throw us all off. It's the one thing that happened. It's that one word that your boss said to you. And you're like, how dare you say that? I give my life here. How dare you say that? And that little disappointment distracts you. Distracts you from God. It, 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 sometimes it rarely is a big thing. It rarely is a big thing. Because you know what disappointment is? All disappointment is, is unmet expectations. You expect one thing to happen, and something else happens. It's that tension between reality and expectation. It's, it's trying to understand how come what I wanted to happen didn't happen. Oh, you know the scripture. Romans 8, 28, all things good work, forget, work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Come on. Sometimes we change that not knowing all things I want work together for the good. <laughs> all things I desire work together for the good. All things God. And so what's careful, here's, here's, here's the truth. I want you to write this down. I, I said it this way. Put it on the screen for me, please. It said this disappointment happens when we base, watch this, our expectation on God's actions, not his attributes. Allow me, allow me to break that down because there are moments where you think, you're like, how can this happen? I thought God was good. But what's happening is not good. Oh, why, why didn't you move in my life in this area? Okay, you cannot be a God that I can serve if you didn't do, watch this, what I wanted you to do. Instead of focus on his attributes, on who he is as a person, let me tell you this way. I love the Bucks. Y'all know that. I love the Bucks. Ten Bay Bucks. Especially now since Tom Brady is here. Come on, somebody. He has returned. Oh, come on. He has been gone. Okay, anyways. He, he came back. But before that, whenever we were in a pinch as a football team, whenever we were in a bind, before we had Tom Brady, the quarterback before, watch this, the quarterback before, didn't act in the way that I needed him to. <laughs> and so what happens is that disappointment begins to add up. And then over time, I stop watching the games. Because you think faith doesn't just leave you immediately. No, faith fades. One disappointment after another, one after another, one after another, and then what you realize is now your faith has deteriorated. 
Now you're no longer reading your Bible. You're no longer, you're no longer sitting waiting to hear from God's voice. When you did that three years ago, you're like, nah, it's been a long three years. Because we often think it's like right then and there. No, no, no. Oftentimes it takes time. Faith will deteriorate. And then next thing you know, you're not coming to church anymore. Next thing you know, you're not, you're not doing the things that God has called you to do. You're not fulfilling or following the purpose that he's placed in your life. Why? Because faith deteriorates. Because you were disappointed back here because God didn't do what you wanted him to do. I need you to understand this. God rarely does what we want. He does what we need. God will always do what's on the best interest for you and for me, and that may not always be good. Sometimes it may leave us disappointed. It may leave us, and it may leave us in a moment where we have to say, hold on, wait a minute. I know, I know it didn't turn out like I wanted to, but I remember, hmm, I remember when. Because the Bible tells that God is a faithful God. The Bible tells that God is, a, is not a man that shall lie. So if I trust in his attributes, the actions may not line up to where I want it to line up, but his word will always line up to where I need them to line up. Mary was disappointed. She mourned Jesus not once, but twice now. It's not, it's not, it's not what, it's not what she thought. So Jesus is unrecognizable. She doesn't see him. So then, I'm coming to this final observation and I wonder if Jesus is unrecognizable because, because Maybe there's doubt. Maybe there's doubt in our life. Bless you. Because God didn't, God didn't come to, to meet our preferences. He came to fulfill God's purpose. And oftentimes, when doubt creeps in, creeps in. Again, doubt is common. Like, I want you to understand, doubt is common for believers. Like, just because you doubt, don't like, don't take it as, oh, I'm not, no, no, no. Doubt is common. Like, there are biblical characters who struggle with doubt all the time. Matter of fact, in Mark's gospel, we're recorded by a father who had a son who brought it to Jesus, said, Jesus, I believe, help me in my unbelief. God recognized there's going to be doubt, but doubt, doubt, doubt is troublesome when only, hear this, we are waiting to see evidence that God is good. Now, I know this is contrary because like, well, wait, I, I need to see that God is good. We, we, we just talked about this because if we're not basing our faith on his actions and his attributes, why do I need to see actions? And so there's, there's evidence. Like you ever, you ever, like, have you ever said this? Again, a lot of you guys float in here. You guys are super saved, right? You have a gold star on your Sunday's class board, right? So you're good. But have you ever said this? If God is real, then he'll. If, if God is God, he'll give me a sign right now. If God is real, then, like, I don't know if you, maybe this is just me. We had a service, like a fire night service, and it was like, if God is God, then the pastor will come and put a hand on me. 
I mean, that's, that's all fine and good. He'll come lay his hand on you to pray for you. That's all fine and good. But what? Why do you need that? Why do you need that to see Jesus? Like, again, they're good. They're good. But why do we need a sign? Why do we say, God, prove that you're God? You want, like, do you want to know? Let me, let, me, let me prove that God is God. You ready? Watch this. Wow. We don't always need evidence. If we're only waiting for evidence, sometimes we're going to be waiting a long time to see God. In the middle of your troubles, if you're waiting for a sign, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Like, like we have to understand this. As Christians, as believers, we just have to believe. Weird enough. We have a group of people, a group of people who are called believers, yet at times we, we need something to believe. No, no, no. Believing, believing is simply saying, I trust without the evidence. Because God is who he says he is. Mary didn't see him. Mary's, <laughs> Mary's sitting there, and then all of a sudden, because, again, Jesus can be unrecognizable in darkness and disappointment and doubt. Mary's sitting there, and then one amazing thing happens. Jesus looks at Mary, and he says her name. And then Mary, all of a sudden, turns, and is like, yo, like, uh, yo, Jesus, where'd you come from? <laughs> what did Jesus do? All Jesus did was Mary. Jesus did it. He didn't, he didn't put out the fireworks. He didn't open up heaven. He didn't descend from heaven. Like, huh? He didn't do any of that. There was, there was, there was a whole new world. None of that. He just said, Mary. She said her name. And I found this video that it will help illustrate this final point. This video that was amazing. So you guys can go ahead and play that really quick. Lincoln. one more time. I want to play it again. I just, and you can leave the lights on. Just play it again. I, I, I want to just walk through this briefly because I, I love this little boy. Walks up. He's probably feeling anxious, nervous. He's looking around. Doesn't see his mom. Lincoln. But his mom says his name. Then he finds him. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell you today. You may not see Jesus but Jesus always sees you. It doesn't matter. You may be in darkness, he's still there. He sees you. You may be in doubt, he's there. He sees you. You may be disappointed with the way things are turning out in your life, but Jesus sees you. Oh, if we could just build that inside of our souls, that no matter what I'm going through, as long as God sees me, I am good. As long as God sees me, 
This is what faith is. Faith is trusting that Jesus sees you when you don't see him. When you don't see him. In moments where you're frustrated, in moments where there's nothing's going right, Jesus sees you. But here's the final question, right? We're going to ask her, I want to ask you this. What do you do then? That sounds good. That preaches well. But how does that help me at home, right? I'll share this final thing, right? We, again, I have four daughters. And uh, that is a lot. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) yo, listen. Actually, I'm going to include five. All the women in my, my household, right? I love every single one of them. But they have a trouble. They have trouble with finding things. When they lose things, they can't find it. Like, and my daughter is notorious for being probably the worst. So she'll be like, Daddy, I can't. Daddy, I am like, baby girl, breathe. Daddy, I can't find my toothbrush. So you know what I ask? I'll be like, this, I'll, this is always a follow-up question. Well, did you look for it? Yeah, I did. And so what are, I, I go in the bathroom. All I do is this super hard. I pick something up. There it is, ding ding. It wasn't there before. Are you you catching this? Here's what you do. When When you can't find Jesus, go looking for him. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to pick up the doubt and move it. He's right, he's right under there. Sometimes you just need to pick up the disappointment and look, oh, he's right there. Sometimes you need to just pick up what you're looking at and be like, oh, he's been there the whole time. I'll never forget this past Sunday, and I would encourage you, I would encourage you when we look for Jesus, I'm I'm, like, find always, because like we talked about last week, God is always speaking and he speaks through everything. And I remember we have restoration once a month. And I'll be real with you, sometimes, man, it's a long Sunday. I don't want to, uh, can I be honest, Pastor Ken? I don't want to go. Oh, Pastor, you don't want to go and spend time in God's presence? No, I want to spend time in my bed. Can, can, I, can I be honest? So this past Sunday, I walked in, and I said, wait a minute. Because what you seek, you'll find. That's why. And so I... I walked in full of all the weight I was carrying, and I said, God, you're here. And all it took, Pastor Jason began to sing this song, worthy is your name, Jesus, you deserve the praise. that moment, he was clear as day. He was, he was underneath my tiredness. He was underneath my weariness. He was underneath all the stress that I'm carrying of, of trying to care for four human beings. He was underneath the stress of, that a pastoral role can carry, can give you. He was right underneath there. I just, had to, I just had to pick it up and he was there. And all it took me to say was start to sing, worthy is your name. Jesus, come on, 
you deserve. That's it. Worthy is your name. And I tell you, right now, when I saw him, I feel like the whole room was, was moving. God was just showing up to people. Why? Because sometimes when you can't see him, you just have to go looking for him. You just have to say, God, I'm going to put my hands up. I may not feel it right now, but I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to praise you. I may not feel like reading my Bible, but I'm going to read your word. I'm going to find my Jesus. If I can't see you, whoo, I'm going to find you. Oh, come on. Do I have anybody in the house that's willing to say, worthy is the name of Jesus? Oh, come on. Let's sing it out. Come on. Worthy is the name Let's find him right now. Hallelujah. We have to do we have to do internal surgery to dig and weave through all the things that may be in our heart to say, oh God, you're right there. So right now we're quiet. We're quiet. We're gonna seek after him. Come on. Worthy is your name. Come on, right now. You deserve the praise. And worthy is your name. Holy Spirit, begin to. Revealed. Worthy is your name. Hallelujah. Jesus, you deserve the praise. And worthy is your name. I feel like we need to sit in that right now. Come on, put your hands in there. Worthy is the name. Hallelujah. Jesus, Hallelujah. you deserve the God, restore me. 
God, this is where you, right now, whatever you may need the Lord for right now, in this moment, now that you can see it begin to ask, God, be there with me. God, help me in this situation. God, help me with my kids. I'm a single mom. I don't know how to do this. God, help me figure out how I'm going to pay this rent. Maybe I need to be a better steward. Help me, Lord. Whatever it is, he's there now. Ask him. Ask. So right now, this moment of silence. Right now, you and the Lord begin to God, I need you. God, forgive me of my sins, whatever the case may be. This is your moment with the Lord. He's He's here, and I can feel the presence of the Lord in this place. So, Jesus, come on. Seek him right now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider subscribing and sharing this on all your social platforms? If you are moved by the message and would love to share your testimony, please email it to amen at myariseChurch.com. I pray you leave here feeling encouraged. See you next time.